Good morning, and thank you for being here. Let me just tell you just real quickly something that took place last week that, uh, that was just... Uh, for, it was just an honor for our church and to be a part of. Uh, for many years, we have, we, have used, we have gone to some conferences that Gateway Church in Dallas, Texas has done, mentoring leaders, ch- uh, helping leaders. Gateway Church has a natu- national focus, not only within our country, but they have a, a worldwide focus as well. And God is using them all over, actually all over the world. And uh, so we've gone and taken place with some of the training that they've done and taken all of our pastors there. And so a few months back, they contacted us and they says, we're learning more and more what God is doing through Fellowship of the Rockies in Pueblo, Colorado. And so last weekend, they, they sent a film crew, a video crew here uh, to video our entire services. Some of you, in the, they did it in the late service, so some of you may have noticed that, that some cameras were roaming around and they videoed the whole worship service. They videoed the preaching and then, and then afterwards they, they interviewed me about church growth and what is the story of Fellowship of the Rockies. And there's some things they're looking, looking to us uh, that, to, to learn and uh, we're, they're going to use that footage and the interview and some of the other things in their, their conference that they're doing coming up February of training pastors and churches all over the nation. And then they train in Cairo, Egypt, and Israel, and, and, and some other places as well. And so I just want you to know that you share in that. I mean, you share in that from your prayers, from, from uh, the giving of your offerings, uh, to, to serving in ministry. Uh, I mean, it's an unbelievable thing what God is doing right now in this place. I mean, the, the, the only thing you can say is it's just, it's just God. I mean, uh, this week we got people in overflow. Uh, so uh, there's, last week we had a group in overflow. There were 70 to 80 people uh, there. And so some of them moved to some other services. And then again, you know, we've got overflow going on out there. So, uh, hey guys, <laughs> sorry you couldn't get in. And uh, you know what? A lot of us have never been at a church in Pueblo to where you just couldn't get everybody in because of what's going on. And so I just want to tell you how much I love you, how fortunate I am to pastor a church like this, to where you guys just want to connect with God. You just want to hear his word uh, preached in a very unapologetic way and just stand on that and not all the other religion and the denominational stuff that goes on, that goes on in our world. So I just want to take a few minutes and just brag on you because I did in the interview and I will continue to brag on you about this is the greatest church I believe. And I know I'm biased, but I'm just telling you, this is the greatest church that I know of. And, and I'm going to tell you, there's not many pastors that say that about our church, their church. And so I love you guys. Thank you for being a part of this church. Thank you for being a part of what God is doing here in our midst. Now, we're, on this, we're in this series that I believe is just critical for us to understand and critical for us to get is this issue is, does God speak to us? And if he does, how does he speak to us? And, and how can we hear God deeper? And uh, a lot of churches, let me just tell you this. Today, it's going to be a very practical, this isn't going to be a, a, a deep sermon at all, I promise you. Uh, well, maybe none of mine really are, but uh, <laughs> this one for sure is going to be not very deep. It's going to be very simple, and it's going to be just practical. 
I just want to help you. We've been in this series for two weeks about how to learn to hear from God. We're going to be in it much longer. But sooner or later, we just got to kind of jump out into the deep end and start, start trying to learn this and learn how to hear from God. And then we'll, we'll make some correction along the way, and we'll talk about that. We'll give him some instruction along the way. But today, it's going to be very, very practical out of my life. It's going to be very practical out of, out of the scriptures as well. But we live in a day and time where there's a lot of conversations going on, right? I mean, there's a lot of different ways that we learn to communicate differently. I mean, I'm like a lot of you. I've had to learn to use email. I had to learn to use text messaging. I have to learn to use uh, Twitter and social media and all of those other things that are out there. And so there's so many different ways to communicate. But here's the deal. What a lot of people are telling us, conversations now are more superficial than they've ever been. That we may pass emails back and forth, and I know people break up over text messaging, and, and I mean, I don't understand that whole deal, and I know people have deep conversations over text messaging. I don't understand that, but I know it happens. And so, so they tell us that sometimes our conversations are getting more superficial. They're getting more superficial with one another. They're getting more superficial in marriage. They're getting more su- superficial in all kinds of relationships. And if we're not careful, our communication will be very superficial to God. There's a lot of churches that teach on prayer. There's a lot of churches that teach on how to have a conversation with God. And, and, but here's the deal. When they teach on prayer, they leave out the second part of prayer. Prayer is not just us talking to God. Total prayer, part one, we pray to, we, we talk to him. Second part, he talks to us. And he desires to speak into your life. I mean, talking about conversations and, and everything, and this is really shallow, but, but my son-in-law, he's on Craigslist. He buys and trades and does stuff on Craigslist. This is an actual Craigslist ad that came out on January the 16th. I'll just read it to you, and I'm telling you, everybody keeps coming. Is that real? It's real. You can look for yourself. Here's what it says. I have a functioning time machine. I know it sounds unbelievable, but it really works. I need a second person to operate it with me. I'm looking for someone who is adventurous and reliable, preferably a male or a female, as long as she can do heavy lifting. I'm leaving on January the 20th, 2011 in the morning, and I plan to return on February the 3rd, 2011. I'm going to June of 1983 to handle some business. (laughs) This is real. If... If you're serious about time travel and reliable, then please contact me. You do not have to pay anything, but you would have to provide someone to watch my cat for the time we're away. (laughs) The only qualifications needed is that you're reliable and the circumference of your head is no larger than 64 centimeters. So I started asking the pastors, you know, I made the mistake of telling them about this ad, all except for Pastor Dwayne, but I made the mistake of telling them about this ad. And I'm like, hey, by the way, what's your hat size? Well, they wouldn't answer me. So uh, Dwayne was in a meeting and I sent him a text message. I said, Dwayne, what's your hat size? And he sent back his hat size. And so Justin caught wind of what I was doing because I was answering this ad for Dwayne. <laughs> I was trying to bless him. So Justin sends out a text message to the staff, the pastors, and here's what he writes. Hey, guys, in all caps, do not give Charlie your hat size. (laughs) There is some crazy guy on Craigslist looking for a time travel partner, and I have a feeling Mr. Harmony, that's me, uh, is trying to hook you up for a journey back in time. 
I mean, within seconds, and Dwayne's in a meeting. He's supposed to be conducting a meeting, and within seconds, he's emailing me. I mean, he text messages me, and here's what he writes. If this is some screwball prank of yours, you will pay. (laughs) So there's something about conversations, and a lot of times we're better at communicating to one another than we are with God. Fact is, when you look at statistics, when I talk to believers, that's the one thing people keep asking me. How can I hear from God? Fact is, statistics prove out that there are a lot of believers, the majority of believers, even believers that have been raised in church, had never been taught how to hear from God. And some of them are being left with this empty feeling inside that there has to be more to it than this. There has to be some deep connection with God other than just going through rituals and regulations and all these other things. And so today, I want to talk to you about this issue of, of God speaking to us. The Bible is clear. God desires to speak to us. I mean, Psalms 119 says, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a, and a light unto my path. In other words, his, his word guides us and it directs us. God primarily speaks to us through his word. It is the inspired text. It is inspired of the Holy Spirit. And when we accept him, then the Holy Spirit begins to apply it to our life. Jesus said in John chapter 16, he said this, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now when the spirit of truth comes. Talking about the Holy Spirit. He will, there's the first one, he will guide you. He will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority but whatever he hears he will speak and he will declare to you things that are to come don't you want to connect to a god that will guide you in your life guide you in your decisions guide you in your relationships oh and a god that will speak into your life and declare some things in your life that will take his word and illuminate it in his life in your life or illustrate it in your life to where you follow a god a personal relationship you cannot call this a personal relationship If you don't talk to him and he doesn't talk to you, that is not a personal relationship. A personal relationship is this. In fact, is the more intimate the relationship, the deeper the conversation, the deeper the the, the connection. And so Jesus is making this point in John chapter 16. It says, the day is going to come when the Holy Spirit will come, the one that inspired the Bible, and he will apply it to your life. Man, I'm telling you, we live in a day and we live in a time. You better be able to connect with him. He desires to guide you in your relationships and in your family. And it's more than just some intellectual thing. It's more than some just rote Bible study. It's deeper than that. Four things, if you want to hear from God, this, I'm telling you, this, you're going you're to hear these principles. They're like, they're so simple, but... Uh, my, my goal this morning, I'm just telling you, is that there would be life change as a result of these principles. The first one is this. If you truly desire to hear from God, you have to make it a priority. You have to make it a priority in your life. Uh, just cold, hard fact. You do what you value. Where you spend your resources, how you spend your time, how do you spend the talent that God has given you, you do exactly what you value. Fact is, every day you make choices based upon your values. You make choices to say yes to some things and no to some things, and they come out of, they come out of your your value system. And so, if you're going to hear from God, you got a desire to hear from Him. 
You got to make it a priority in your life. You've got to come to the point to where you actually value and believe not only because because a lot of people will say, yeah, I believe God to speak to me, but you've got to bring it to a deeper point, a more personal point. Yes, I believe God will speak to me and he'll speak into my life and he'll speak into my situation. Listen, Jesus, his earthly ministry, now he's fully God and fully man. I know that's kind of hard to understand. Philippians chapter two tells us that when Jesus was on this earth, he limited his divine abilities. And look at the disciplines that he had. Mark chapter uh, one, verse 35, speaking of Jesus, and rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place. And there he prayed. And prayer for him wasn't one way. Prayer for him wasn't just him telling God a bunch of stuff, but it was God telling him some stuff. Jesus valued that. Listen, let me tell you something. If Jesus needs prayer, don't you think we do? If Jesus needs to connect with a holy and a righteous and a perfect, don't you think we do? And yes, he was still fully God and he was still fully man and this was his earthly ministry. Don't miss that. But it was a discipline. In fact, it's the, the busiest, most stressful times of Jesus' life in ministry. He pulled away more. Man, so many times when we go through crisis, we go through crisis in our family, we go through crisis in parenting, we go through crisis in marriage, we go through crisis in an economy, and we want to hear what all the other voices have to say. We don't value his voice. We never get along with him and say, God, through your word, speak to me in this situation. How do I handle, what does your word say about that? You have to come to the place to where you, uh, you, you value it. Another time, Mark chapter six, verse 46, and after he had taken leave of them, and he went up to the mountain to pray. Another time in Luke. I mean, Jesus is about ready to move to another area to preach, and the disciples and his followers, they didn't want him to go. In fact is, they tried to talk him out of going, and let me just tell you this, there are a lot of voices in your life that will try to get you to run their race. They will try to get you to live their life. They will try to get you to live the purpose that God has created them to be. That's why it's so important. You better be able to hear the voice of God and know the, 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 the race that God has laid out for you because there are voices in your life that will try to get you to run their race and it will leave you empty and it will leave you without purpose and without meaning to life because you're living a life to please someone else other than him. And you cannot do that. And so Jesus was about ready to go preach somewhere else and, and the disciples and his followers began talking to him and said, no, you cannot go. And Jesus said, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. I know the race, in other words, has been laid out for, for me. God has called me to preach, I'm to preach. And you find over and over that he pulls away. And, and so whatever you want to call it, I mean, I've heard it called all kinds of different things in church life, whether you call it a quiet time, whether you call it your devotional time, whether you call it um, your prayer closet, whether you call it personal worship, does not matter. Does not matter what you call it. What does matter is this, is that you make it a priority in your life and you set aside time. Listen, I'm telling you, people that have deep insight into God, people that have deep insight into his word, it, it, it only came because they spent time with him. Hey, Psalms one through five, and this, just for free. I haven't said this in any of the other services. It basically says this, people who casually come and go into the presence of God, God will never reveal to them deep things. 
Same is true in your life, same is true in your marriage. You casually come and go into conversation, you'll never be able to reveal deep things to one another. You'll never be vulnerable with each other because there is no trust. And so Jesus had all these voices speaking to his life. And I think we have those same types of voices that kind of fit into four different types of categories. Whether we have the the voice of need, whether we have the voice of success, whether we have the voices of of ambition, whether we have the, oh, here's a big one. Whether we have the voice of urgency. If you just give your life to the things that are urgent, it will leave you empty. Because there's a lot of times the things that are urgent in your life are not the most important thing. They're just screaming louder than anything else. The greatest thing for you is for you to come to the place to where you can hear from God. And one of the main reasons that people don't. Now I'm just telling you, and I've talked to tons, is because they're not spending time with him. This is all they get. If this is all you get, you'll be spiritually malnourished. Fact is, you'll be empty and you'll be wanting more because when crisis come and difficulty comes, you will question if you haven't gotten it directly from God. Is that true? Is that Charlie? Is that really in there? Man, I'm telling you, there is something that happens in your life. In the Christian life, It wasn't because of a seminary education for me. I was doing this long before that. The thing that changed my life is being able to open up his word and speak things that he has given me. So many times it's the busyness that keeps us from hearing from him. Man, we're just so busy that we're empty and and we don't value that time with, with him and So many times we get up in the morning and we cannot wait to hear from someone else. We cannot wait to hear their advice into the situation instead of hearing from God. And you know this is true, right? If if you don't if you don't make an appointment, it generally will never happen. You ever, you ever lived through that? You ever done that? A friend of yours and you keep saying, hey, let's do lunch. Yeah, we'll do lunch. I want to. You call me. I'll call you. Very seldom. It never happens, right? You go a whole year. I mean, I've lived it. You go a whole year and see each other again and say, you know, bummer. I mean, I thought we were going to get together. I feel so bad. I got a friend in ministry that if you tell that to him, he says, uh, he'll pull out his, his, his iPhone or whatever he uses. And he said, let's get it on the calendar right now because if we don't get it on the calendar, it will never happen. So here's what I'm going to ask you. If, if you don't have an appointment with God, would you make an appointment with him right now? Because I'm telling you, if you don't make an appointment with him right now that starts tomorrow, you'll live a life with a bunch of missed appointments. And you'll look back over your life and you've never heard from him. You do what you value. I mean, I know it sounds so simple and so easy, but... Whatever method that you use for a calendar, whether you're old school and you use a, a paper calendar and you scribble on it and, scri- and, and or whether you use Outlook or whether you use a Blackberry or an iPhone or a Droid or, or whatever you use. Would you make time? Would you make time for him? People ask all the time, well, what is the best time? And you know what? It, 
whatever works best for you. I'm not a morning person. I used to wonder if God got up that early. And, and I've, had to, I've had to change that in my life. And, and I'm more of a night person, and so that's when I used to do my devotional. But I tell you what, I've changed. God has, God has moved me to the mornings because a lot of times I'll take a scripture and I'll scribble it on a, on a three-by-five card. I'll carry it with me. I'll think about it through, through the whole day. It's unbelievable how God will use that scripture. But really and truly, it's, it's whatever's best for you, and it's, whatever, it's when you're at your best. I mean, uh, if you're a parent of young children, it might be after the kids go to bed, after the second or third spanking, or I don't know, <laughs> to where there's finally some quiet in the house. I mean, we remember those days. But would you take, it's just so simple, would you take and just make an appointment and say, God, I'm going to value this, and I'm going to spend time with you. The second thing is this, you, got only, you, you, you need to make it uh, a priority, but you got to be still and worshiped and worship. I mean, now I know that's hard for us because, uh, we don't like to be still. We don't like solitude. We, we want, uh, iTunes going. We want a radio going. We want a CD player going. We want a TV going in the background. We want stuff happening, right? And because that's just the way, I think it's the way our, our, our society has pushed us into. But scripture says this, well, watch this, uh, Psalms 46, 10, be still, just be still and know that I am God. Could it be that the only way that we know God is in a crisis, a battle that we're facing, is by being still? Could it be that the reason that you don't know that he is God in your situation and the things that you're walking through is because you're never being still before him? Or when you go to him, you're carrying an agenda with you? And so it's all one way, and you're telling God how you can fix your life and how you can fix your husband and how you can fix your wife or how you can fix your kids or your situation or your boss or coworkers or whatever. And so you're giving him a laundry list, and he is never speaking back into your life, speaking truth into your life, and saying, well, here's your part in it. Here's what, what you could do. Last week I talked about the implanted word, and we talked about a seed, and we talked about a harvest, and, and just real, real quickly... Uh, this is becoming totally different than any of the other services, and that's okay. Uh, um, you cannot harvest. Okay, back up. A harvest depends upon what you put in the ground. A harvest depends upon a seed that you put in the ground. And when you put that seed for the very first time in the ground, it looks nothing like the package. It looks nothing like the flower on the package, right? I mean, I watch my mom do that all the time. And so a harvest is dependent upon the seed that you put in the soil. The same is true in your life. A harvest in your life is dependent upon the seed that you put in the soil. You want happiness? You want peace in a marriage, in a relationship? What seed are you putting into it? You putting bitterness? You putting unforgiveness? What are you planting? Because whatever you plant in the ground, the harvest will bear out. And Jesus said about his word, it's the implanted word. And when you put that in your life, it will produce a harvest in your life. And so you be still and worship. Look at this, Exodus 14, 13 through 14. Moses went and spent time with God. And so he comes back to the people. He says, this is what God gave me. Fear not, stand firm. See the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. 
for the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. That would be like God speaking into our life. In fact, is God has used that verse in my life. And here's what he spoke into my life. The, the Egyptians were brutalizing the Israelites. They were tearing them up and they were abusing them and they're making life difficult. That was their biggest problem that they have. And it was like God one time used that verse and whispered to me and said, Charlie, the biggest problem that you have today you'll never have to deal with again. The, bit, the problem that is on your heart, the problem that you keep bringing to me, it's done. It is done. Can you understand when you get in his word and how he speaks to you? And then the scripture goes on and, and says, it, the Lord will fight for you. See, we think we do the fighting. Sometimes we got to surrender. Sometimes it's only just by be still and know that he is, Lord, I give up. I can't make it happen. I can't force it to happen. I'm trying to change everybody in my life. I'm criticizing everybody in my life. I'm judging everybody in my life. I'm trying to force everybody to be like, whatever. And then he says, the Lord will fight for you. Let's go on and finish the verse. The Lord will fight for you. You have only... You have only to what? To be silent. Be still and know that I am God. There's some situations that God has spoke that into my life. And I gave up. And he did some things in the situation, the relationships that I never dreamed of. Before I spend time with him, that, that time that I have, I have personal worship. So uh, I, use, I use CDs. I use iTunes, plug in headphones, and I start listening to worship music, much like we, we do here on the weekends. Uh, I sing, but only to myself. Because <laughs> without a lot of people singing with me, it would not be pleasing to anybody that walked in the room. And so I just, I, and you know, one of, one of the fa favorite services of mine that I use is Pandora.com. And if you know nothing about Pandora.com, it will change your life. I said, you can go on Pandora.com. Th there's a free service. And so, and then there's also a paid where you, it's 30 bucks a year and you get a high quality, higher quality of music stream to your smartphone or to your laptop or to your computer or whatever. And so you can go on Pandora.com and you can create your own radio station tailored to you. And there are a couple of ways to do that. You can type in a Christian artist that does some worship that you like, whether it's Matt Redman, Chris, uh, Chris Tomlin, uh, any of those guys, you type it in, they'll play their music and guys that are similar to them. Uh, you could, and, and if you don't like a song that they, that they play, then you give it the thumbs down and it never appears on your radio station ever again. You just don't have to deal with that song that, that, that you just, you, you hate. Like, you know, like uh, should have done that a long time with achy breaky heart, but <laughs> I'm telling you, there is something happens when we sit and we just worship him and we just we hear worship music and blessed be your name and you give and you take away, but I'll, man, I'll praise you anyway. God, you're sovereign. You give and you take away and I may not understand, but I'm going to praise you anyway. There's something happens. God wants to speak to you through worship and God wants to speak to you through his, his word and the important thing is, is that we got to get along with him. The third thing is this, is, is that we read and pray. That if you, if you value his word, you've got to come to the point. I, I am so concerned by the number of Christians, 
Christians that would call themselves mature Christians, deep Christians, that don't crack a Bible Monday through Saturday, that haven't read a Bible in years. And they're wondering why something's missing out of their spiritual life. Psalms 119, 1 and 2 says, Blessed are those, uh, blessed are they whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are they who keep his statutes and seek him with all of their heart. See, there's been a problem in the evangelical Protestant movement, if you will. Uh, the evangelical movement started teaching and, and everything was geared to where, towards what? If, the decision, right? Uh, either pray a prayer, raise a hand, look the pastor in the eyes that you want salvation, walk an aisle. There's some similar things, and, and if they're not careful, they turn it into a sacrament to where you do this, you're saved. And so in the evangelical movement, it's all geared to that decision, and guess what? Nothing after that. It doesn't matter if you honor God with your life, it doesn't matter about your values. It doesn't matter about anything because after all, you've got heaven and no one can take it away from you because you prayed a magic prayer, because you did something, so you've got heaven. But the, the Bible knows none of that. The Bible doesn't even teach that. It may make us comfortable. We may like that. But the fact is, what the Bible shows is this, is that when someone came into a relationship with Christ, he took their value system and turned it upside down. They were never the same. They never treated relationships the same. It didn't mean they were perfect, but they were striving. In other words, when they met Christ, they started leaning into him. That's why in Luke, they didn't want Jesus to leave. Not because they were mean or anything like that. They didn't want Jesus to leave because they were leaning into him and they were learning more about him. Listen, we have a generation that no longer really seeks God. What would happen if God blew through a church and blew through a people group and people started leaning into him more and more? Uh, John 14, 23 and 24, this is Jesus' words, not mine. Jesus says, if anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my father will love him and he will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. How can you keep his word if you don't know it? How can you keep his word if you've never read it? How can you keep his word if you've never come into to addressing what his word says and how it plays out in your life? And the word that you hear is not mine, but the father who sent me. See, people, people treat God's word all different ways. There are some people who will read it and they will come to a scripture like you need to forgive or not be bitter or not gossip or not talk about anybody or anything like that. And so they'll, they'll read that and they'll say, oh God, help me be a better person. That's moralism. That is, that is just trying, I've just got to be a moral person. That's not engaging in Scripture. When we engage in Scripture and it changes your life and we come to a verse that we need to forgive or that we, we shouldn't have bitterness or we shouldn't gossip or we should treat people differently, when we come to that Scripture, especially when it talks about how to treat a husband, how to treat a wife, it is not trying to be a better person. That's moralism. It is this. God, forgive me. Forgive me for my bitterness. Forgive me for my unforgiveness. Forgive me for how, it may even mean going to a spouse or going to someone close to you and say, you need to forgive me as well. I'm asking God to forgive me. And I'm asking him. See the difference? The difference in how we approach scripture and we look at it? Listen, 
If we want to hear from him, there are so many barriers that can come, but it starts with learning to be able to read his word for ourselves and, and get into the word. Usually, usually we're looking, usually we want God to speak to us through other people, through circumstances, through open doors, through all the sugar, uh, for all the refrigerator, uh, you know, Christian cliches that, you know, when God opens a door, he closes a door, he opens a window. He, let me just tell you, here's my problem with Christians that follow the open door deal. The focus is on the door and not God. There's sometimes in scriptures that God says, you open the door. The door is shut. See, the problem is, if we're not careful, well, then focus becomes circumstances. Focus becomes everybody else and not him. And so you read and pray. And man, there's so many believers that, that would rather read an inspirational book than the inspired book. And there are so many inspirational Christian books out there that aren't even biblical. It's not even funny. They're just selling thousands and millions of books, and someone's getting rich. And the Holy Spirit inspired the written word of God and then he takes it and he applies it to your life and into my life. And Jeremiah said in 29, 13, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with, with all of your heart. A lot of times as a, as a pastor, I get a lot of questions about what word I start reading and my basic answer is anywhere inside the cover. I, I follow a reading plan, and so does our pastors, and so does, the fact is it's a requirement in our staff, on our staff. You cannot serve on our staff if you do not life journal. Churches, one of the reasons churches are having so many problems, pastors and ministry leaders aren't spending private time with him getting a fresh word daily. Isn't that one thing that you should expect out of me or any of your leaders here that I hear from God? I don't lead this church because I'm brilliant, because I'm not. I lead this church because I hear from him. Last month, I think it was, no, it was the first weekend of this, or first Tuesday of this month, we do an all-staff meeting and we just decided, uh, Pastor Chad and I just decided that we'd just bring everybody in. And there was a group of us, nine of us, and we, uh, we gathered around the keyboard. And Pad, uh, Pad, uh, Pastor Chad, I call him Pad. He doesn't like it. Don't call him that. Uh, Pastor Chad began leading us in, in worship. And it was powerful. Nobody is in this room and nobody is watching. And we just worshiped. And then we started sharing prayer requests and we started sharing life journaling moments. And so we, we use something here called life journal. And the last principle is this, is that you should listen and write. And so, so we, we have a, a, a journal. And the fact is we have journals for sale. It's life Life Journal, I think we charge you what they charge us. I think it's $6, and, and you can get them in the, the Welcome Center on your way out. It comes with a reading plan. It comes with some instruction. Basically, in a year that you read through the entire Bible, Bible you read a little bit of the old, and you read 
little bit of the New Testament, and they kind of mesh together. It's amazing what God has done in our, in our, in our, our leaders' lives, in my life, through life journaling. I mean, God's word is cumulative, and it starts growing and starts developing in your life. And so, so you, 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 you take the reading, and, and you know You don't have to get a life journal. You can, you can go online, lifejournal.cc. And you can go there. They'll give you the reading plan. Actually, you can click and you can choose the translation. You know, if you like the NLT or the message or the ESV that I read or whatever, you you can go through it that way. You read it off of your smartphone several different ways. Uh, You can follow them on Twitter if you know about Twitter. Uh, That's how I do it. And all of a sudden, the... uh, it comes to, to my, my, my phone, and, and uh, that's what I do. And so, so you do 20 minutes of reading, and then, and then the, the acrostic is soap, which is in seminary, it would be called hermeneutics. This, this, is just a, this is a way in which you take Scripture and apply it to your life. And so you, you would read along, and, and uh, you come to a verse, and it, it speaks to you. It illuminates or whatever. You know it's for you. You write that verse down. And, and actually, we're going to be talking about this more tonight at 6 o'clock. I met with about 100 folks uh, last week, and we're just going to continue to meet together and talk about this issue of, of hearing from God and hearing him speak. And then the O is observation. So you just make an observation about the text. You don't need a, you don't need a, a commentary. You don't need to need, know Greek or Hebrew. Uh, God desires to... The Bible was not written to pastors. The Bible was written to people, followers of Christ. And you make an observation about it. And then the A is application. You, you make application in your life uh, some things that you're going to do. I'll just read, uh, I'll read a couple from maybe from my journal. Uh, here a while back we were going through Exodus 2.25 and it was my verse. And God, it, uh, the, the Pharaoh was being really mean to the, the Israelites. And they were being abused and, and everything else. And, and then all of a sudden just a little simple verse just stuck out and with me and it said God saw the people of Israel and God knew God knew and for me it jumped off the page and so in my O observation I just begin to write that God you saw what they're going through you saw their hurt you saw their pain you see their questions you see their frustration. You see that they think there's no end in sight. And then it says, and God knew. God, you knew. You're not a faraway God. You're, a, you're not a God that doesn't know what we go through. And then in my application, I just made application in my life. God, you know what I'm going through. You know the battles that I'm fighting? We're all fighting battles, right? Every one of us is fighting some sort of a battle. It doesn't matter whether it's a relational battle. It doesn't matter if it's a, if it's a, a battle with an addiction. It doesn't matter if it's a battle maybe in marriage or parenting. It doesn't matter if it's a ba- battle in finances or the economy. It doesn't matter if it's a, a battle about your health. And oh, and it may even battle, be a battle that, you know what, we really don't talk about in church because it's just not very visible. Uh, it may be a battle with depression. And you struggle with depression. Every one of us, every one of us deals with a battle. It may be a different battle, but every one of us deals with a battle. And when God speaks into that battle, it's powerful. And so I just begin to apply to my life, God, you know what I'm going through. I mean, Exodus uh, 3.16 says, I observe you, is what God was saying about the... And what has been done to you in Egypt... 
And when you read in chapter 3, you realize when God said he knew, it meant he knew it was time to act. He knew, I'm going to take care of this. All you have to do is be still and know that I'm God. All you have to do is be silent. All you have to do is trust me. So many times, if you're like me, we can goof stuff up because we're always trying to manipulate the situation or control the situation. Have you ever thought about surrendering to him and allowing him just to speak into your life? Listen, we, we, we write, and it, it, it's a page or two or whatever, and I know some like to write and some don't like to write and that whole deal. But I'm telling you what, at, the, at the, the first day of every month, I go back through my journal and I read all the journal entries throughout the month. It's amazing the things that God has taught me or done for me in my life, and I totally forgot about it. I'm telling you, God wants to connect to you. God wants to speak into your life. The question is this. Do you value it? Do you value his word? Do you value his word for a period that, that, that you can, can rearrange your schedule to spend time with him? And listen, it is a learned behavior. But you know what? It was a learned behavior for you to communicate relationally, right? I mean, we, we first, when we were young, we had to learn to... Uh, to talk and we would speak words and some, you know, when you're young, you know, when you start talking, whatever that age is, I don't remember, but uh, you start saying words that nobody really understands and then parents begin helping you and teachers begin helping you and you, you learn pronunciation of words and then, then as you get older, teachers teach you about verbs and adjectives and nouns and how to put sentences together. Uh, we learn deeper ways of communication depending on the, the, the uh, your profession or whatever, but there's not one of us that said, you know what, learning to talk is just way too hard. A lot of people do that with God. It's just too hard. I don't understand it. I don't know if I'll ever get it. Can I tell you this? If you'll just jump in, it is a learned behavior. When, when Samuel first heard from God, he went to his pastor, Eli, and Eli had to help him learn to discern the voice of God through his word. And said, they said, the, the word of the Lord is rare in these days. The Hebrew definition is valuable. Do you value his word? Does it bear fruit in your life? Does it show in your life with how you arrange your life? Do you bow your heads with me and just close your eyes? I've been asking this question for about a year now because it's so important to me. Uh, what is God saying to you and what is God speaking to you? And, and you know what? Uh, I just talked to you about it. It's, it's just hard to sit before him. And, and so I'm just going to ask that nobody would leave early and nobody would distract anybody because there are people in this room that desperately want to hear from him. And so the question to you is, what is God speaking to you in his, your life through his word? And are you willing to be obedient to it? Do you value his word? Do you need to set an appointment and say, God, tomorrow, this is when I'm going to meet with you and I'm going to, I'm going to learn this. What is keeping you from total commitment? Because I'm telling you, when you come into a relationship with him and he speaks to you, it will fill you to overflowing husbands. You learn to do this. You will always have spiritual bread for your family. There are families dying in this nation. Because even Christian dads have no bread for their family. They can't speak into the situations. They can't speak into the issues. Do you need to confess that this morning 
and say, God, I'm going to get along with you and I'm going to get spiritual bread that can feed my wife and feed my kids and speak in and lead. Maybe you have a prayer request in your life and you have a battle in your life, whether it's a a health issue, whether it's an issue with, with the economy, whether it's a job, your profession, whether you're battling depression or some emotional issues or, or an addiction, every one of us have a battle in life and we need him to be able to speak into that. In just a few minutes, I'm going to pray and then when I pray, we're going to stand and as we stand and if God has spoken to you, and I believe he has, that you will step out and you will make your way down here to the front. We'll have prayer partners down here and we just want to pray for you. And that we would give him full attention in this period. If you're in overflow, the ushers will direct you into this place. You meet us down here. You can respond to this the same way that we do. Man, every one of us needs prayer. You don't need to be embarrassed by it. People will be coming with you. You don't have to be a member here. Every one of us needs prayer. Would you receive prayer and start a journey of being able to hear from him? Father, we thank you for today. Father, we thank you for your love and we thank you for your grace. Father, we thank you that you desire to speak to us. The question is, is will we hear from you and will we respond to you? Father, please, please, please draw every person to you. May we have people that will respond to your voice, to your call. And may this be life-changing. We give you this time, for we ask these things in Jesus' name.